You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FanRock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. FanRock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and check it out. It's Friday, and it's not just any Friday. It's the beginning of the second half. We haven't had baseball in forever. Uh, we haven't had baseball that's, that counts in forever. So um, that's going to change in just a few hours. First pitch tonight, 7.05. We've actually got two games starting at 7.05. Cubs at uh, Orioles. Uh, Cubs obviously making quite a bit of news the last couple of days. And then we got the uh, Cardinals at the Pirates. Uh, Mike Leake and Garrett Cole in that one. And it is going to be Mike Montgomery starting for the Cubs. Um, Kyle Hendricks, as I uh, discussed on yesterday's show, uh, not going to be back this weekend. So um, still, I've not seen any update on the rest of the Cubs rotation plans. And, of course, we're all waiting to see where and when uh, Jose Quintana slots in there. Uh, And we have a few lineups out already. In fact, we have a few new lineups just since I started talking about a minute ago. So we'll check in with those a little little bit later on. It looks like there's a few weather situations that you're going to have to uh, keep tabs on over the next few hours. Seems like you shouldn't have to worry about that on the first day of the second half. But, uh, again, it's a a normal day of baseball. Well, everything's normal except for the fact that we've got a lot of uh, coming and goings with the Yankees today. And most notably, uh, Michael Pineda has a partial UCL tear in his right elbow. Tommy John surgery has been recommended for him. So um, one of the things probably uh, if you've been trying to set your lineups today, uh, you probably noticed uh, within just a couple of hours ago that the Yankees still hadn't announced a rotation. Uh, so that seemed like something was up there. And now we, we know the news, which is, of course, very, very unfortunate news for Michael Pineda. Um, but they have announced the rotation. So we've got Jordan Montgomery going tonight, which if not for an injury would not have been possible because he got sent down just before the break. Um, so there had to be some sort of DL move to make him eligible to, uh, to come back. So you got Jordan Montgomery, uh, kicking off the second half for the Yankees and in another Yankees move, um, Garrett Cooper is being brought up just uh, one day after he was traded for, um, uh, Tyler Wade being sent to the, um, to the, uh, sorry, to the Brewers and, uh, in exchange, uh, they got for minor league first baseman Garrett Cooper, who's about to become major league first baseman Garrett Cooper. And uh, he's uh, had a very nice season with AAA Colorado Springs, but uh, high altitude there has helped his numbers. Uh, but I imagine he'll be in that first base mix very, very soon for the Yankees, uh, probably cutting into the play, playing time of G-Man Choi. Uh, but that's, you know, really just a, kind of a holding pattern there as I've said at least a couple of times previously on the show, I'm sure the Yankees are going to try to fill that uh, first base gap externally. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned on that one. But, uh, you know, we have another name there in the mix uh, for the Yankees. So a lot more transactions uh, to come. 
Uh, really more fallout, fallout from this uh, Yankee situation that I'll get to as well. Uh, but a lot of that to get to. We've got Jeff Zimmerman from Fangraphs going to join us on the show in the not-too-distant future. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. We're going to talk a little Tout Wars with Jeff. Uh, talk about a piece he recently wrote about hitters that have improved this season. Lots of good stuff there. So time to head to our first break, but I will be right back with lots of good stuff. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and I'm going to kick off this segment by uh, offering what I think is a necessary correction. I have been waiting for the time when I was going to confuse Tyler Webb and Tyler Wade, and I'm 99% sure I did that in the first segment. So it is not Tyler Wade that got dealt to the Brewers. It was Tyler Webb, and I'm very sure I said Tyler Wade. So my apologies for that, but... Um, Anyhow, the, the you know big uh, aspect of that story for the uh, Yankees is that it looks like uh, Garrett Cooper will be a part of that first base mix. He's going to get called up after um, spending the briefest of possible times uh, at AAA Scranton-Wilkes Bar. So, um, but getting back to the Yankees, uh, so I talked about the big Michael Pineda news, partial UCL tear, um, probably going for Tommy John surgery, although um, you know, he, that's still to be determined. But that raises the question of who's going to take his place in the rotation. And uh, what we do know is in the short run, Brian Mitchell is going to make a start on Sunday as part of the Yankees doubleheader with the Red Sox. But uh, there were reports that going into next week, when Pineda's turn comes up again, it could be Chance Adams. So that's the name we've uh, been waiting for um, with no Nothing, uh, no disrespect intended to Brian Mitchell or Luis Sessa or uh, any of the other uh, possible candidates that have been talked about it at various times this year. Uh, but Chance Adams getting a mention as a, uh, a possible replacement for Michael Pineda. So um, with the unavoidable pun, uh, it is time to take a chance on Chance Adams, especially in deeper leagues. I'd say go ahead and make that move right now because... Just with the speculation, I'm sure that there's going to be quite a bit of competition uh, to get him. I'm not sure that he uh, is is a must-add in 12-team mixed leagues. Uh, there's He's not had great control this year, and especially pitching at Yankee Stadium and some of the other AL East parks, uh, not sure that he's going to be able to keep the ball in the park at a great rate, but uh, shown some good strikeout potential, very good overall results this year uh, for Chance Adams, so... I certainly wouldn't blame anybody for adding him in a 12-team mixed league as long as they didn't drop anybody that uh, had a you know a more proven background of offering some value. 
So I would just offer that that caveat there. And also a quick note on Jordan Montgomery. I, I promise you I'm going to talk about some of the other 29 teams in Major League Baseball during this show. But I, I just had to mention this because uh, probably like a lot of other people, is judging by some Twitter responses I've had the last day or two, a lot of people trying to figure out whether or not to start Jordan Montgomery, especially when the Yankees hadn't announced their rotation. Did a little bit of digging on his recent performance because Montgomery's been going really well lately. But I had been noticed in my frequent visits to uh, Baseball Savant looking at the StatCast leaderboards that whereas earlier in the season Montgomery was the pitcher who had the lowest average fly ball distance allowed, that he was kind of slowly creeping up those rankings. So I thought, okay, what does he look like over the last X number of starts? And it was really easy to find a starting point for that research because, uh, and I don't have his game log in front of me, but just over, starting with just over a month ago, he started giving up a lot more home runs. Uh, in fact, he has given up, I can tell you this much, over his last 35 innings, okay, no, I'm sorry, six starts, I do have that number in front of me, over his last six starts, Jordan Montgomery has thrown 35 innings and given up eight home runs uh, with a very high slugging in ISO. And yet he has a very neat trim, pretty trim for a nail pitcher, 360 ERA over those six starts. So guess what? Probably guessing it with me. Very, very high strand rate, 90%. So Montgomery has been really trending downward, and the ERA is not showing it. So I am benching him for this start against the Red Sox. And it's hard for me to do it because I really love starting Montgomery this year. Um, been a great find, but I don't want – I'd rather in some ways have him out of there and have him make a good start than put him in there and have him blow up and say, you know what? I knew that this could have been coming, giving all the home, given all the home runs that he's given up lately. So just a word of caution there on Jordan Montgomery. But let's go to the rest of the major leagues. Joe Ross is uh, slated to go on the disabled list with a tricep strain. No word there on who might replace him in the uh, Nationals rotation. I would assume it'd probably be one of the uh, two usual suspects, uh, A.J. Cole or... Um, I think Cole probably is the the most likely one. Um, Jacob Turner, I was going to say also. um, I I suspect it's Cole, but probably one of those two. Um, The Cubs, according to Fox Sports' John Morosi, still have interest in Sonny Gray. So that has not diminished, even with the acquisition of Jose Quintana. And, of course, the Cubs still looking ahead not only to the rest of this season, but to 2018 and looking at restocking the rotation with the possible loss of Jake Arrieta to, to free agency. So that's that's an interesting story there. You figure Sonny Gray is very likely to be on the move. You might not have guessed to the Cubs, but then you might also not have guessed that Jose Quintana was going to the Cubs. Uh, in more trade uh, news and, and rumors, uh, I talked on the show, I believe it was yesterday, about Zach Britton having some interest from the Dodgers, uh, forming perhaps the best one-two punch at the end of the game there with uh, Kenley Jansen and Britton. But it turns out there are multiple teams uh, interested in Zach Britton. This also according to John Morosi. So that's pretty, you know, it just adds, I guess, a little more um, incentive to owners who have a stake in this, either as being Britton owners who may have to scramble to find those uh, saves for the last couple of months. Uh, but also, of course, to the Brad Brock owner, 
who may be looking for some additional encouragement to uh, to hold him and to count on him over the rest of the season. So it looks like uh, Zach Britton's certainly getting a lot of interest, and as of right now, it would seem like the Orioles would have an incentive to sell. But uh, you know, we we shall see uh, as the uh, we count down towards um, towards the uh, July thirty first uh, trade deadline. And uh, speaking of which, uh, John Heyman and got got a couple of tidbits from him coming up uh, from FanRex Sports. Uh, he'll be making an appearance on the show uh, at least once between now and the trade deadline. So uh, I'm going to do my very very best to keep you on top of all the trade news and developments and rumors. Uh, so I, like I said, John is definitely going to be on the show at least once. I'm hoping twice between now and the trade deadline, and I'll keep you posted on that. And speaking of John Heyman, uh, in his latest piece for FanRag, uh, he reported that the Royals have trade interest in Jaime Garcia among several other starting pitchers. So that's kind of, uh, intriguing looking at both ends of that, both in terms of the Braves who could be selling and buying, they've been rumored to be in the buyer's market, uh, but maybe dealing Jaime Garcia. And also, John Heyman reporting that the Twins are not likely to trade Irvin Santana. Um, And granted, there have been more reports about the Twins being potential buyers, particularly in the pitching market, uh, as opposed to being sellers. So maybe not a huge surprise, but you could, could see them going both ways. And certainly, you know, I think that there's a lot of reason that uh, it would make sense for them to sell high on, on Irvin Santana. But, um, you know, given that they are in the race there, um, he's been a key part of that rotation, a key part of that team's success. Colby Rasmus has been placed on the restricted list, and he is not expected to return this season. Uh, There were a few reports out on this uh, saying that uh, really there are a couple of factors. One, that he's been uh, prolonged and rehabbing from his hip injury uh, and frustrated with... um, perhaps his lack of progress there, or maybe just with the process itself. The, the reports were were not terribly clear uh, in terms of, you know, what, what's going on with Rasmus and, and why uh, he's left the race, uh, but also in those reports that uh, he was preferring to stay with, um, stay with his family as opposed to uh, uh, staying with the team. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Rasmus had been having a, a nice season, but, uh, you know, hope... Uh, Whatever's going on there that uh, Rasmus uh, uh, has made the, made the best choice for himself and his family. Uh, Eduardo Nunez is uh, expected back tonight uh, for the Giants. And I'm just taking a quick scan here. They are the latest game with a 10-10 Eastern time start uh, at the Padres. Johnny Cueto and Clayton Richard going in that one. So I don't expect that we're going to have a, you know official line of confirmation on that one. But as you're setting up your lineups... Uh, I think it's safe to put Eduardo Nunez in there. I'm certainly going to do that. And back to the trade news and trade rumors. Uh, This, according to uh, Ken Rosenthal, also of Fox Sports, and of course Ken Rosenthal, unfortunately, has been in the news himself because of Fox Sports going to that all-video format, uh, which, of course, is just a a shame. But uh, he's been writing on Facebook. I'm sure he will uh, have uh, an outlet for his writing very, very soon. But according to Ken Rosenthal, that um, the Astros are among the teams that are interested in Justin Wilson for their bullpen. So, um, you know, Wilson, I'm sure one of the Tigers that is very, very likely to be traded between now and the deadline. So still a lot more news. It's been a busy, busy news day. So uh, get to more of this, more trade stuff. 
um, some injury stuff. But got to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Jeff Zimmerman. And that is going to be awesome. So please stick around. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, looking forward to uh, talking a little Tout Wars, talking a little uh, uh, hitters improving in the uh, 2017 season with Jeff Zimmerman. And fortunately for me and for the rest of us, We've got him here, this segment. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman, you can find him on Fangraphs. Uh, Jeff, and you can also find him on Twitter. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, this is your, your first time since Tout Wars, right? Uh, we had the big uh, Tout Wars extravaganza with a lot of the uh, participants there. So uh, good, good to have you back, Jeff. And uh, I, I'm going to preface this whole segment by talking about the fact that your team is just absolutely decimating the uh the mixed league auction uh you're in first place you have been for uh i'd say at least a month and you're up on me i am in second but you're up on me by what uh 20 points or so haven't uh i should know because i've been starting the standing since since sunday yeah yeah it's been an interesting year at one point i was in last place over a month into the season and then finally got some players healthy. I still don't have everyone and it just started creeping up and it's kind of been an interesting year with it, with, especially without the pitching. I think some teams thought they could find a little more pitching and it just hasn't been out on that waiver wire there. No, no, no it certainly hasn't. Um, as my, the big splurge I've made this season, well, one of two was, one was Tommy Pham, which has worked out great. The other was Jeff Hoffman, which was just an absolute desperation move because, you, you know, he the first four starts or so, he looked dominant. So I thought, well, I don't know if this is going to hold up. And I actually had some doubts that it would. But I thought just in the event that it does, I want to make sure I get this guy. And, of course, it hasn't really worked out that great. But what, what do you attribute your success to uh, so far? Because, like I said, I mean, you're not just leading. You are blowing us away. So uh, what what if you could, you know, just kind of, I guess, simplify in a way, uh, uh, you know, what you think's gone right for you. Uh, what, what do you chalk it up to? Um, I think coming into the draft or in the auction, I noticed that everyone, there was a lot of stars and scrubs being done. And I found some value in like the 20 to $10 range. And with the average player costing about $12, I was like, well, maybe I can just load up on $12 players from there. And I ended up getting some bigger names, um, Chris Davis and Posey, which cost me a little bit more, but just ended up with a lot of those players in that 20 to $15 range and paid about $10 for them, and they've been giving me good production. Some of them haven't. Like Jake Lamb's really worked out, and I 
paid um, like $14 for him and paid 13 for Hosmer, and Hosmer's not been the same. So it's you kind of have to – I mean, some will be good, some will be bad, but that's where I aim to be in that range. And then with pitching, I kind of wanted to try to get two closers – as good a starters as I could and try to aim for a third starter and it's all good. And then um, I hear you talking about um, Justin Wilson getting traded, which will probably hurt me. So that's why I've been just trying to keep those going. And um, I don't know. It seems like everyone's kind of been hurt with, I mean, with issues, my top four, top two pitchers have both spent time on the DL. My top two hitters have both spent time on the DL. So it's, I think I've just struggled with everyone else, but I've just kind of lucked into some players and not, um, been totally decimated by injuries. Yeah, well, um, you know, I'll get back to what you were you were saying to just a minute ago, Jeff. Um, that you, you targeted the middle range, and you know, in retrospect, now you know, I was looking at your roster trying to you know find a theme there, and you you hit it really big with a few mid range players, but also finding some great cheap bargains too. So I think there was a little bit of both of that going on. So I want to talk about specifically uh, some of those players that I think have turned out to be great values in terms of the mid-range ones. You already mentioned Jake Lamb, but you got a $19 Jose Ramirez and a $15 Anthony Rendon. Now, is this just simply a matter of, in, in a sense, sort of lucking out that, you know, you got guys that were in the mid-range and you, did you think they would kind of stay in that mid-range or did you think, oh, these are guys that are, are underpriced who, who I think, you know, have, I have some reason to think they're actually going to be much, much more valuable than this. Truthfully, I had no idea they were going to be that much more valuable. <laughs> I, I mean, um, what I found out is most of the time your guys are going to be $10 more, $10 less. And as long as you're, you're going to get some that are great. And like I said, with Hosmer, some that aren't, you know, and as long as you kind of get in with that, my main thing with Rendon and Ramirez which I liked is that they give you steals on top of their home runs. They, you know, were projected for around like 10, which adds up in a mixed league. Like you can't just get zeros. And I was trying to stay away from those type of players. Uh, and on the speed side, I was also trying not to get players that were just speed guys like Eduardo Nunez and Kevin Kiermaier, which I don't have any more, but at least they give me some home runs. I was just trying to get some of the balanced guys when I was going in there. So I wasn't having to just, play the Billy Hamiltons and or Mark Trumbo's of the world. I was trying to get more of a balanced team um, with those. And that really kind of has worked out. Jake Lamb really isn't a stealer or Hosmer, but I was trying to get some guys that maybe could give me double-digit steals. And Ramirez is definitely going to give me more than that this year. Well, I, you know, I think that's a an underrated strategy. And frankly, one I don't employ enough, which is, you know, instead of trying to piece together categories with, you know, standouts, uh, you know, in the different categories. You may also have some weaknesses uh, outside of those standout categories. You know, you, you look for the guys who, who do go a bit under the radar. Um, and I'm trying to remember who it was. And I think it was on this show talking to somebody with somebody about Melky Cabrera, um, you know, and how he sort of goes under the radar and yet can help you a little bit everywhere. Um, now, in terms of the players that, you know, were just out and out bargains, uh, a $4 Robbie Ray, and then 0 for Steven Susan and Cody Bellinger. So am I correctly assuming that those were your reserve round guys? Because I'm guessing you didn't get those in fab for 0. No, they were my reserve. Um, starting with Ray, I kind of targeted all Diamondbacks. I even ended up with Shelby Miller, but that didn't work out. But um, their Babbitt was just as bad as the Cubs was good. I expected the whole team to regress, you know, a little bit less um, 
left um, Tomas out in the outfield. I just expected him to play better defense. And if he could have just, I didn't expect him to get the curveball and go all great, but I expected some improvement from Robbie Ray, his, especially his ERA, if the team could just play some defense behind him, just not be historically bad. So, I mean, I, I kind of had him as about a $10 player going in. I got him for four, and he's been, I mean, he'll be more than 10, but I was happy with what I got. Um, for Souza, I kind of looked. I didn't think he would get, I don't, well, no one knew he was going to get this kind of plate discipline, which became huge for him. And um, I just thought I was going to get some, again, he was a steals and home runs guy. He gets some steals, some home runs. He's, the steals have kind of disappeared now. But um, he was, again, one of those balanced guys toward late. And with Bellinger, I actually had him as the top player I wanted in the reserve rounds. And I went back to look at the other top wars winners, and they almost all had rookie impact. And when I was looking at it, there was two players that really stuck out was Bellinger and Makata. And the deal I had with Makata was I just didn't see him get up to the majors as as much. So I actually spent a lot of time talking to Eric Longenhagen. Can, can Bellinger play the outfield? Because I didn't think Gonzalez was ever going to move. And he said yes. And I was like, well, I was just going to take a chance that one of those outfielders or Gonzalez eventually does get hurt, and he can fill in one of those four spots. So he can move in. I didn't know he was going to do this great. This is amazing. I was just like, <laughs> well, I can get this guy that can come in, give me maybe 20 home runs, and, you know, and that's, that's all I was kind of looking for. I don't think we were look, expecting to find the judge in Bellinger's this year, this great of ones. But, I mean, truthfully, Turner came out last year and gave everyone a ton of steals and really boosted up some teams and Correa the year before. When I look back, those are the guys that gave the teams over the top. So I was like, with our league's rules, where it's really tough to bring in rookies beforehand because you have to start them for that first week, I was wanting to at least get one rookie on my bench. So I just – went ahead and had him in place and then I could um, bring him up that way and go ahead and have one of the top ones that way. So it worked out really well, but um, now he was kind of a target. He went, I looked in labor and he went in like the fifth or sixth round. So I was like, I'm just going to jump in around early and pick him up then. So I think I got him in the second or third round. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's incredible. And I mean, you know, I think back to March and, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, you weren't sure that Bellinger was going to be this great. I mean, I don't know that anybody thought he was going to be this good, but I remember being very excited about him, thinking he was going to be one of the, you know, potentially the big impact rookies this year, but thinking, where is he going to crack that lineup even in the outfield? So <laughs> good good on you to uh, to take that gamble um, and, and to also have the foresight that Moncada, you know, still wasn't going to be up at this point in the season. Um, well, well, I want well, to get to, well, just with the yeah. outfield, I'm just going to say, just one thing with the outfielders, if you do target a rookie, go for the outfielders because you only have to have one of the three of them break instead of, instead of all three, you know, instead of just one, it's like, Oh, this, you know, third baseman, like, well, the third baseman in front of him has to go down. No, just any of the outfielders have to go down and possibly even your first baseman or DH if you're an AL. So those are always kind of the guys I like to target that can actually fit into the outfield. And, um, that's all I'd have to say about that is just if you're going for rookies, try to go for outfielders because they just have more of a chance of breaking the team. Okay. Yeah. That makes, makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, well, Jeff, we've only got a, about a minute left here. So um, I was hoping to ask you some more strategy questions, but I, I want to at least get a, a word or two in about your uh, recent column for fan graphs on hitters who have improved this year over last year. Uh, a couple of years, Susan Lamb made the list, but uh Zach Cozart, Scooter Jeanette, Cam, Cameron Mabin, 
players that were on the list that you, as I recall, you didn't address in the column. So do you think uh, they've got a chance to maintain what they've done in the second half? Yes, Maven. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Maven definitely. Um, with Cozart, I don't buy – he's not this good. He made some definite changes. He's showing some power. But he's almost the same player as last year. It's, it's really bad. His, his average is really driving almost everything he's doing. Like I said, it's a little bit of a power change, but his batting average is driving everything. And he's hitting the ball just as hard. He's not hitting more line drives. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of regression from last year, but he, I really don't uh, buy it. And Scooter Jeanette, he, he's kind of the same way. He's got some improvement, but he hasn't shown this big thing that um, <laughs> Kizzard has. Je- Jeff, I've really... Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRack Fantasy Baseball, and I would like to thank, once again, Jeff Zimmerman uh, from FanGraphs joining us for the last segment, and to apologize for loading him down with a big question with a minute left. <laughs> he did his very, very best uh, to answer it. Uh, that was not very fair, um, but uh, I really love the analysis of his team, which is just um, just you know, lapping everybody in the uh, Tout Wars Mixed Auction League. Uh, it's really interesting insight. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people, people who I admire in the industry who um, really employ the Stars and Scrubs approach uh, with great success. And uh, he just said, yeah, no, I, I, I went contrarian. I, I went the opposite route, just went right down the middle. And, uh, you know, and he even admitted some of the picks uh, just, you know, worked out much better than he thought. But uh, by the same token, you know, a conscious approach to kind of get some under the radar guys who help you across the board in categories, uh, though not in a dramatic way. I thought that was some interesting insight and, and something I'm certainly taking seriously from a guy who is enjoying great, great success in Tout Wars this year. Uh, I've got a lot more news to get to. I know it's late in the show for that, but it's, it's a busy, busy news day. Um, and I also want to get to lineups and weather. So uh, a few notable uh, lineup notes, and quite a few lineups are already now in. But uh, the Cubs, they are at Baltimore, so they've got the American League rules. They've got the DH. They've got Kyle Schwarber DHing for them. So you have uh, both Zobrist uh, and Javi Baez in the lineup and Kyle Schwarber. Um, So that DH clears up some of that lineup logjam for the Cubs. Uh, For... The Red Sox, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show and discussed at great detail, the Yankees are uh, starting Jordan Montgomery against the Red Sox. So no Mitch Moreland. You got Sam Travis starting uh, at first base and batting seventh for the Red Sox. Um, One of the news items I hadn't gotten to yet was the uh, Red Sox designating Pablo Sandoval for assignment. So in the last couple of days, they've let him go and they've let Johnny Peralta go. So you got Devin Marrero there. Uh, at third base today. So no Sue Lin 
in the lineup uh, for the Red Sox, as well as no Mitch Moreland. And the Tigers have their lineup out against Aaron Sanchez and the Blue Jays. There is no Ian Kinsler in the lineup, uh, so you've got Andrew Romine getting the start at second base and batting eighth. And I have not seen anything yet about why Kinsler's not in the lineup. So um, if anything comes across in the next uh, 20 minutes or so, I will be sure to pass that along. So, uh, And I'll check back in, time permitting, uh, because there are several other lineups also out there for some of the later games. As far as the weather goes, uh, there are a few games on the East Coast that uh, may have some delays. And as always, I'm getting my weather uh, data here from Kevin Roth and Roto Grinders. And according to Kevin's uh, forecast uh, summary on uh, the Roto Grinders site, he says there's no um, uh, chances or no, no significant chance of a postponement for any of these games, which is good. And frankly, to me, a little bit surprising because some of these precipitation chances are, are up there. But uh, there are some delay possibilities in Baltimore. That game that I just mentioned, Cubs at Baltimore, that's a 36% chance of precipitation at game time going up into the 50% uh, shortly thereafter. And also uh, the Mets hosting the Rockies 31% chance with those chances increasing to 55% and above uh, shortly uh, after game time. And a little bit further down the East Coast, uh, the Atlanta Braves hosting the Diamondbacks, a 33% chance for them as well. But uh, those pr- uh, probabilities actually decrease as uh, time goes on. So if they get that game uh, in on time, I would say that looks pretty good then uh, in terms of Ari Dickey and Taiwan Walker uh, not having those starts interrupted or shortened. So uh, some some good news there, I would think. All right, well, let's uh, get back to some of the news items uh, Andrew Triggs is uh, or already has had season-ending hip surgery, and uh, I was hoping, I, I think time permitting, I should be able to get this done, talk about some of the uh, uh, seller scenarios in the American League. I was definitely going to talk about that A's rotation because, of course, Sonny Gray, uh, one of the starters who seems to have a very good chance of being moved. So rule Andrew Triggs out as a uh potential replacement he's been on the dl of course the 60-day dl and now uh, having had hip surgery out for the year but there are several other uh players that you do need to be aware of as possible replacements and uh, i'll try to get to that later on uh also uh, in terms of trade news this according to craig mish of sirius xm the diamondbacks are showing significant interest in david phelps and they could possibly take on both phelps and aj ramos That'd be an interesting destination, kind of a reversal of, uh, well, actually, I'm going to say not a reversal, but uh, you had uh, Fernando Rodney, who spent the latter part of last year with the Marlins, uh, closing for the Dimebacks this year. So maybe they're just picking up late-inning relievers from the Marlins. Uh, Anyway, those two have been rumored to be on the trade market, and now there's a specific potential destination. This is maybe the most surprising trade-related news I have seen to date this year. The Tigers have considered trading Michael Fulmer, and the Cubs haven't expressed an interest. The story came by way of the Detroit Free, Free, Free Press. We've talked quite a bit uh, on this show about the Tigers and the various uh, players that they're likely to trade, J.D. Martinez, and of course, uh, I've already talked on this show 
about uh, Justin Wilson and that uh, Ken Rosenthal report that the Astros are interested in Wilson. I did not. I figured Michael Fulmer would be one of the last people because he's under team control. He's uh, arguably their ace. In fact, I don't think there's much argument against uh, Fulmer being termed the Tigers' ace for this year. Uh, and I understand that he's a, a very attractive alternative to their high-salaried players. Um, so maybe it's just a question of that that's that's the route that they would have to go to repopulate their farm system. But that's still that was one that, that had not really occurred to me. I figured they were going to build around Fulmer. And maybe they still will, but at least they have thought about it. Um, Andrew Haney started his rehab in the Arizona Rookie League uh, yesterday, and that is the first game he has pitched since having Tommy John surgery. So uh, maybe that's a name we add to the pitching ranks later this year. And finally, the Francisco Rodriguez era in D.C. is over. The Nationals have released K-Rod. So there you have it. A lot of news today. It takes up the bulk of the show. I apologize for that. Um, but what I have in, in store for the rest of this show is to go over some of those seller scenarios, both in the AL and in the NL. Um, I doubt, to be honest, I'm going to get through all of them today, but that just gives me something more to uh, to talk about on Sunday, on the two-hour show on Sunday. Uh, and also, this provides me a chance to preview that on Sunday. Uh, my guest for uh, at least one segment on that show uh, to talk about the Tigers is Emily Walden. I had her on much earlier in the year to talk about some of the Tigers' prospects. She's a great prospect writer, minor league baseball writer, uh, focusing on the Tigers. So she is my go-to person uh, to not only catch up on the progress of, of some of the Tigers prospects, but also uh, to try to project their uh, trajectory into the major leagues. And with um, you know several players being on the block, as we talked about, there's a lot, a lot to talk about with Emily. So be sure uh, Sunday to, to tune in for that. So um, I'm going to start with the NL, since I know I'm going to get to the AL for sure on Sunday, talking uh, Tigers with Emily. Uh, let's start with the NL. And start with the Marlins, uh, who have already kind of referred to that situation with the Diamondbacks having an interest in both David Phelps and A.J. Ramos. So not really a big news flash here, but Kyle Bearclaw is the clear pitcher to target in that, uh, that situation. Uh, and that's, that's maybe a tough one to put your money on because he's really had an up-and-down season, Bearclaw. But uh, I'd say more than not, it's been an encouraging trend for him. Uh, over the last few weeks. So um, uh, that's a name in terms of uh, who to speculate on the second half. He remains a, a big name. But what about the other Marlins that may be traded? We've talked on the show, uh, talked yesterday with um, Jonah Carey about D. Gordon and the Blue Jays having an obvious interest in D. Gordon. There's just not a really great immediate replacement there for him. So maybe it's a situation where you know, I don't even know who they get back. You know, maybe a Ryan Goins, I would think. Uh, you know, just hypothetically, there's no reason to think that the Marlins would get Ryan Goins. But just as an example, maybe they trade for somebody who just kind of fills the hole in there. They do have Christian Colon at AAA. He's been up uh, briefly early this season. Maybe Derek Dietrich slides over. But if they trade Martin Prado, they're going to need Dietrich for third. And you might wonder, well, what about Brian Anderson? 
who's having a really nice year in double A. I don't see the Marlins bringing Anderson all the way up from double A. And they've been aggressive in promotions in the past, bringing up players directly from double A. I don't, while he's having a nice season, I don't feel like Anderson is having the absolutely you know dominating type of season that that's going to force the Marlins hand. Uh, there's no reason to start his clock um, and bring him up this year. I'd be very surprised at that. So I think you're probably looking at Derek Dietrich in one way or another, playing an expanded role in the second half. So in a deeper league, 14-15 mixed, team mixed or deeper, uh, Derek Dietrich is somebody to think about uh, putting a claim on. Uh, the Mets, it would seem they would be sellers. Ahmed Rosario's got to be up at some point. I mean, I know he's already been a heavy target of speculation. Um, so that's an obvious one. But what about Dominic Smith? Uh, there's been a few rumors floated around about Lucas Duda. I don't know if the Mets are really that interested in trading Duda. There are certainly teams that need first baseman, including a team um, not you know real far from Flushing. <laughs> uh, so Dominic Smith is somebody to think about. Having a nice season, not a whole lot of power, but hitting for average. Projects to do so as a major leaguer. Anyway, I will continue this trip through the National League after this break. So stick around. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREE RADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome back to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, I've got a lineup update for you. Like I said, there's a bunch of uh, lineups in. Uh, all the 7 o'clock ones, Eastern Time, are in. Uh, and. That includes the Nationals at the Reds. And during the break, I was furiously combing Twitter, trying to get information on this and trying to understand it. Couldn't find anything, but the Nationals lineup is missing Daniel Murphy. And uh, instead, they've got Stephen Drew at second base, Wilmer Defoe at short. But no Daniel Murphy. I'm checking it again. <laughs> I feel like there must be something wrong. So I've not gotten any news on why Daniel Murphy's out of the lineup, but... He is out of the lineup. And uh, also no Dansby Swanson for the Braves against the Diamondbacks. Taiwan Walker, Johan Camargo, who's been hitting very, very well lately, uh, is batting eighth and uh, manning the shortstop position. So with the little bit of time I have left, I do need to tell you about the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. You can take it with you wherever you go. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime, anywhere. 
You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill, Benny Riccardi in the car, or Greg Sussman on the subway. Or just relax with the king on the couch or with Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. Alrighty, so um, prior to the break, I was breaking down some of the NL teams that are likely to be sellers, and I had landed on the Mets. The one thing I didn't get to in that breakdown was the closer situation because uh, Addison Reed has been rumored uh, as possibly being traded away. Uh, Jerry's Familia is working on his way back, but uh, I would doubt very, very much that he'd be ready anywhere close to the trade deadline, so there'd have to be a gap to be filled there. Uh, I would think that uh, Paul Sewald and Fernando Salas would be the main uh, players to look at there, but I wouldn't, you know, necessarily move on either of them, you know, right now. So that's a situation that could be in flux, but but just due to the uncertainty and, and frankly due to the, you know, lack of just uh, very clear uh, good options there, and not not to disparage Sewald or or Salas. I think either could be fine as a closer, but there's just too much uncertainty in that situation uh, to target either one. Um, The Phillies, they are clearly going to be sellers. I don't think there's any question. And yet, I don't know that there's going to be as much fallout there as you might think, because you've already got Nick Williams up. Uh, Reese Hoskins talked about him on a couple of recent shows. Um, In fact, I see, you know, he's been a popular fab target in in my leagues and rightfully so. And I've been right there bidding on him. So he's almost certainly going to be up and could be up, you know, within a week even. And if not within a week, probably very shortly thereafter. But uh, Roman Quinn's been hurt. And I'm not sure that Dylan Cousins uh, is, you know, going to be more than a September call up. Uh, There was a report within the last week or so that Scott Kingery was unlikely to be called up this year. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't see necessarily beyond Reese Hoskins a whole lot there to either be excited about as a fantasy owner or to take action on as a fantasy owner. And uh, get one more team in, and then I'm going to save the rest of this for for, uh, Sunday's two-hour show, and we'll have plenty of time. But the Reds, as sellers, that uh, could certainly only be good for Scooter Jeanette unless they traded him, which I, I don't think they would. But you got the closer situation there. I think Michael Lorenzen is the one to speculate on uh, in preparation for uh, Rysel Iglesias perhaps being traded away. Because I think Drew Storen himself could be a trade chip. But we shall see. I am just about out of time here. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please tune in again Sunday. Uh, stay tuned for the rotation. Have a great day.